Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Jay Won't Dart's podcast, where I learn life lessons and talk about them into a USB microphone. This episode of my podcast, I'll talk about Matthew Shepard, a young man in America killed for the crime of being gay. I felt pretty moved by Matthew's story, told by his parents mostly, and it made me think about how people use homosexuality as a negative term. It's a put-down to say, you're gay, for example. Researching this episode, I found this public service announcement featuring Matthew's mother. That's so gay. Hello, you faggot. So you're a queer, aren't you? Fag, queer, faggot. What are you, a fag? The next time you use words like these, think about what they really mean. It made me think about the words I use and that I hear other people use and do nothing about. Recently at work I heard people walking out and talking about something that they didn't like. They said, well that was gay. I felt like I should say something, maybe confront the couple. What, you have a problem with gay people? As if I were gay myself. I'm not gay, but they wouldn't know that, would they? Instead, I just pretended not to hear them. I don't like to cause trouble while I work. The customer is always right, and all that. In future, I don't want to ever use terms like gay to mean a bad thing, and will bring it up if people use the word gay as a negative slander. Matthew Wayne Shepard, December 1st, 1976, to October 12th, 1998, was a student at the University of Wyoming who was tortured and subsequently murdered near Laramie, Wyoming. He was attacked on the night of October 6th through the 7th, 1998, and died at Poudre Valley Hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado, on October 12th, from severe head injuries. Shortly after midnight on October 7th, 1998, 21-year-old Shepard met McKinney and Henderson in a bar. McKinney and Henderson offered Shepard a ride in their car. Subsequently, Shepard was robbed, pistol-whipped, tortured, tied to a fence in a remote rural area, and left to die. McKinney and Henderson also found out his address and intended to rob his home. Still tied to the fence, Shepard was discovered 18 hours later by Aaron Kreffels, who at first thought that Shepard was a scarecrow. At the time of discovery, Shepard was still alive, but in a coma. Shepard suffered a fracture from the back of his head to the front of his right ear. He had severe brainstem damage, which affected his body's ability to regulate heart rate, body temperature, and other vital signs. There were also about a dozen small lacerations around his head, face, and neck. His injuries were deemed too severe for doctors to operate. Shepard never regained consciousness and remained on full life support. As he lay in intensive care, candlelit vigils were held by the people of Laramie. He was pronounced dead at 12.53am on October 12, 1998, at Poudre Valley Hospital in Fort Collins. Police arrested McKinney and Henderson shortly thereafter, finding the bloody gun as well as the victim's clothes and wallet in their truck. The Gay Panic Defense The two attackers tried to defend what they did to Matthew as saying that, as a gay man, Matthew had made a sexual advance on them, and in their disgust, shock and panic, they had killed him to defend themselves. 
they had lost control of what they were doing because they were so shocked. It's called the Gay Panic Defence. I hadn't heard of this before, but there have been two well-known New Zealand cases in recent times. New Zealand examples. In 2003, a gay interior designer, David McNee, was killed by a homeless drug user and part-time prostitute, Philip Layton Edwards. Edwards said at his trial that he was told McNee he was not gay, but would masturbate in front of him on a no-touch basis for money. The defence successfully argued that Edwards, who had 56 pr previous convictions and had been on parole for 11 days, was provoked into beating McNee after the former television host violated their no-touching agreement. Edwards was jailed for nine years for manslaughter. In July 2009, Ferdinand Ambach, 32, a Hungarian tourist, was convicted of killing Ronald Brown, 69, by hitting him with a banjo and shoving the instrument's neck down Brown's throat. Armbach was initially charged with murder, but the charge was downgraded to manslaughter after Armbach's lawyer successfully invoked the gay panic defence. The prosecutor in that case charged that McKinney and Henderson pretended to be gay in order to gain Shepard's trust to rob him. During the trial, Chastity Paisley and Kirsten Price, the respective girlfriends of McKinney and Henderson at the time of the event, testified under oath that Henderson and McKinney both plotted beforehand to rob a gay man. McKinney and Henderson then went to the fireside lounge and selected Shepard as the target. McKinney alleged that Shepard asked them for a ride home. After befriending him, they took him to a remote area of Laramie where they robbed him beat him severely, and tied him to a fence with a rope from McKinney's truck while Shepard begged for his life. Media reports often contained the graphic account of the pistol whipping and his smashed skull. It was reported that Shepard was beaten so badly that his face was covered in blood except where it had been partially washed clean by his tears. Both girlfriends also testified that neither McKinney nor Henderson were under the influence of drugs at the time. Henderson pleaded guilty on April 5th, 1999, and agreed to testify against McKinney to avoid the death penalty. He received two life sentences. The jury in McKinney's trial found him guilty of felony murder. As it began to deliberate on the death penalty, Shepard's parents brokered a deal, resulting in McKinney receiving two consecutive life terms, without the possibility of parole. Henderson and McKinney were incarcerated in the Wyoming State Penitentiary in Rawlins, but were transferred to other prisons due to overcrowding. There had been other attacks on Matthew during his short life. Because of his sexuality, Shepard faced physical and verbal abuse. During a high school trip to Morocco, he was beaten and raped, causing him to withdraw and experience bouts of depression and panic attacks, according to his mother. One of Shepard's friends feared his depression caused him to become involved with drugs during his time at college. The anti-gay Westboro Baptist Church of Topeka, Kansas, led by Fred Phelps, picketed Shepard's funeral as well as the trial of his assailants, displaying signs with slogans such as Matt Shepard rots in hell, AIDS kills fags dead, and God hates fags. 
When the Wyoming Supreme Court ruled that it was legal to display any sort of religious message on city property if it were legal for Casper's Ten Commandments display to remain, Phelps attempted and failed to gain city permits in Cheyenne and Casper to build a monument of marble or granite five or six feet in height on which there will be a bronze plaque bearing Shepard's picture and the words Matthew Shepard entered hell October 12, 1998 in defiance of God's warning. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Leviticus 18.22 Fred Phelps is well known for being homophobic. He's often in American media protesting gay rights. Phelps and his church claim to have protested over 30,000 events. As a counter-protest during Henderson's trial, Romaine Patterson, a friend of Shepard's, organized a group of individuals who assembled in a circle around the Phelps group wearing white robes and gigantic wings, resembling angels, that blocked the protesters. Police had to create a human barrier between the two protest groups. While the organization had no name in the initial demonstration, it has since been ascribed various titles including Angels of Peace and Angel Action. The fence to which Shepard was tied and left to die became an impromptu shrine for visitors who left notes, flowers, and other mementos. It has since been removed by the landowner. I found this clip of Matthew's father talking about the death of his son. My son Matthew did not look like a winner. He was rather uncoordinated and wore braces from the age of 13 until the day he died. However, in his all-too-brief life, he proved that he was a winner. On October 6th, 1998, my son tried to show the world that he could win again. On October 12th, 1998, my firstborn son and my hero lost. On October 12th, 1998, my firstborn son and my hero died. Fifty days before his twenty-second birthday. I keep wondering the same thing that I did when I first saw him in the hospital. What would he have become? How could he have changed his piece of the world to make it better? Matt officially died in a hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado. He actually died on the outskirts of Laramie tied to a fence. You, Mr. McKinney, with your friend Mr. Henderson, left him there by himself. But he was not alone. There were his lifelong friends with him. Friends that he had grown up with. You're probably wondering who these friends were. First he had the beautiful night sky and the same stars and moon we used to see through a telescope. Then he had the daylight and the sun to shine on him. And through it all, he was breathing in the scent of the pine trees from the snowy range. He heard the wind, the ever-present Wyoming wind for the last time. He had one more friend with him, 
he had God. And I feel better knowing he wasn't alone. Matt's beating, hospitalization, and funeral focus worldwide attention on hate. Good is coming out of evil. People have said enough is enough. I miss my son, but I am proud to be able to say that he was my son. Judy has been quoted as being against the death penalty. It has been stated that Matt was against the death penalty. Both of these statements are wrong. I, too, believe in the death penalty. I would like nothing better than to see you die, Mr. McKinney. However, this is the time to begin the healing process. To show mercy to someone who refused to show any mercy. <laughs> Mr. McKinney, I am going to grant you life as hard as it is to do so because of Matthew. Every time you celebrate Christmas, a birthday, the 4th of July, remember that Matt isn't. Every time you wake up in your prison cell, remember you had the opportunity and the ability to stop your actions that night. You robbed me of something very precious, and I will never forgive you for that. McKinney, I give you life in the memory of someone who no longer lives. May you have a long life, and may you thank Matthew every day for it. Thank you very much. I was pretty moved by what Matthew's father said. Under the current United States federal law and Wyoming state law, crimes committed on the basis of sexual orientation were not prosecutable as hate crimes. A bill was proposed, the Matthew Shepard Act, that would serve to protect future victims of attacks on them because they were gay, perceived to be gay, or disabled. It would count as a hate crime just if someone were attacked for being a certain race. Now gay people would be protected. Some conservatives, such as James Dobson from Focus on the Family, a group mentioned in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, said that religious people would be forced to accept homosexual people. Many religions are strongly against homosexuals, and they felt protecting gay people from attack under a hate crime offence, that would be basically legalising homosexuality. I'm sad that people still feel so strongly against gay people being granted equal rights. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> I want to extend my gratitude to Senator Smith and Kennedy for their persistence in, uh, passing, in pursuing the passage of this bill. Since Matthew's death eight and a half years ago, it's been 
the number one thing that Dennis and I have tried to accomplish. Um, it's been very difficult, and they have been working very hard and been very patient with us. In addition, I would like to thank them for honoring Matthew's, menu, Matthew's memory by naming the bill after him. I can't think of a more appropriate way to remember who Matt was and what he was, which was a 21-year-old college student just living his life the way he thought he should. We all remember what it was like to be 21, right? Um, this bill has a particular uh, sentiment for me, not only because of what happened to my son Matthew, but also because where the case was tried and investigated, Albany County, Laramie, Wyoming, and because sexual orientation was not included in the original hate crime legislation, our county and city had to furlough five employees to cover the costs because it did not qualify for federal aid. Um, this is an unfair representation of our citizens. We all deserve the same uh, rights and presentations of how we live our life. Um, to not be able to prosecute to the full extent just isn't fair and not right for all Americans. This bill is a huge step forward to include everyone, everyone in that category. This is about all Americans. Yes, we're adding sexual orientation, gender, gender identity and expression and disability. However, the bill in itself includes all Americans this is meant to protect everybody based on ethnicity, religion, and so on. This is for all of us to take advantage of and to learn from. Again, I want to thank you all. Thank you, Senators. And uh, I'm hoping for the best. Thank you very much. Finally, in 2007, the Matthew Shepard Act almost got passed before the Democrats dropped it before it was approved. President George W. Bush had said he might veto it if it came to his desk. George Bush didn't want the bill passed, and most Republicans seemed to be against the Matthew Shepard Act. Before becoming president, Obama had said that he was for the bill being passed into law. On the 2nd of April 2009, the bill passed. The Matthew Shepard Act became law. Future victims attacked for being gay will be able to class the offence as a hate crime, just as attacks based on race, religion or nationality were previously protected. A play has been made about Matthew's story called The Laramie Project, after Laramie, Wyoming, near where Matthew was attacked. It's sad to believe that there are still people out there who feel strongly against gay people. Matthew's death was tragic, and has gained a high profile for injustices against homosexuals. I decided to make this podcast episode so that anyone listening would be reminded of Matthew Shepard. In the years following Shepard's death, his mother Judy has become a well-known advocate for lesbian, gay, bisexual and transsexual rights, particularly issues relating to gay youth. She's a prime force behind the Matthew Shepard Foundation, which supports diversity and tolerance in youth organisations. Seeking to honour Matthew in a manner that was appropriate to his dreams, beliefs and aspirations, the Foundation seeks to replace hate with understanding, compassion and acceptance through its varied educational, outreach and advocacy programs and by continuing to tell Matthew's story. Matthew was described by his parents as an optimistic and accepting young man who had a special gift of relating to almost everyone. He was the type of person who was very approachable and always looked to new challenges. Matthew had a great passion for equality and always stood up for the acceptance of people's differences. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast. 
If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com. jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. Have a super happy day. Bye.